Thank you to all who join us in making Echoes of Holiness Radio possible. The advertisements provide less than 20% of the cost of broadcasting. We appreciate all that have helped to make up the difference. To contact us about partnering with us in prayer for Echoes of Holiness or about contributions, you may do so at Echoes of Holiness Radio P.O. Box 161, Augusta Springs, Virginia 24411 or online at echoesofholiness.org. Thank you for joining us this year. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, we enjoyed the service last night. Hallelujah. Had a snap. Told us that a young man can have this faith too. Not just a bunch of old folks, but the young people can have this. And old folks can have it too. Is that right? I believe the Bible said whosoever will. I like that. That's, that's a message you preach around the world. Whosoever. Don't matter the color of the skin or the dialect you speak. Hallelujah. Or the society you was raised in. It's just whosoever will. They will answer that call. Well, I sat back there a while ago and my knees got shaking. Then a snap talked like, you know, I laughed at him last night. He's talking about shaking, but I've got to shake. You know, I've faced guns, machetes. I've been cursed and hoodooed so many times. It's an old story. And my knees never shook. But they're shaking this morning. Hallelujah. So we're glad to be here with you. Glad that Brother Taylor asked us to say something. And I, uh, I hope I can say something that benefits you. You may not agree with everything that I say today, but uh, look it over before you throw it away. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, in Luke chapter 10, Hallelujah. I don't want to upset you, but we'll probably have to leave immediately after this service, but we've had a good time up till now. The Bible said in Luke chapter 10, verse 1, After these things the Lord appointed other seventy also, and set them two and two before his face, into every city and place whether he himself would come. In verse 17 of the same chapter, and the seventy returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. That reminds me there's only one name in this world that can cast out demons. Hallelujah. There's only one name whereby you can be saved. That's the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, that was an exciting time, but let's turn now also to the 16th chapter of the same book. Hallelujah. 
And we get down about verse 19. I'm sure you've heard this one before. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen, and he fared sumptuously every day. There was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores and desired to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. It came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Said Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water, and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And besides all this between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed to that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee, Father Abraham, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren that he may testify to them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but it is, if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Quite a story. Amen. Well, I know we're killing time, but if I have a text, uh, I might put it like this. The crumbs are still falling from the table. Hallelujah. I, I started this with a bunch of old men 61 years ago. Now I'm an old man running with young men. It's completely changed around. Hallelujah. It's been a good life. It's been a good journey. Hallelujah. Well, I'm saying some things here. I hope I can challenge you. Uh, I appreciate Brother Mac Daniel here. <clears throat> you know, when I was a kid around Burnett, running with what we call the wild crowd, uh, we had an old man and his wife and baby pastored Burnett Mission. An old man, he's around 25, I think. And he sat right back there. We'd throw rocks in his trailer. We thought he was an old, old fellow. But he's still with us. And I was talking to him a while ago, and you know, he's 80 in his 80s, and he hasn't retired yet. There is no retirement. 
And old doctor in Oklahoma City was talking to him, and in his 80s, he said, when are you going to quit, doc? When are you going to retire? He said, you don't find that word in the Bible. No retirement. Brother Mac tell me his eyes are bad. He has to have a driver sometime, but if you get him there, he can still preach, huh? You just don't retire. Hallelujah. So now we've, uh, we are the second, third, and fourth generation of people I started with. Hallelujah. So church is still rolling on, isn't it? I said, I think Voltaire and all the other atheists that made a lot of bold statements uh, have been proven wrong. The church is still here, isn't it? Hallelujah. I even understand the Beatles said one time they're more popular than God. But uh, the Beatles have about faded away, haven't they? God's still around. You heard from him lately? He's still around. Amen. Now these, uh, I will, Brother Joe, if I <laughs> get this together here. Hallelujah. You know, these, he set out, uh, uh, you know, the first thing we ought to realize, this is God's work, not ours. Who calls you into the ministry? Who calls you? Who, get, who saves you? You know, who does all this for you? Parents can do so much, but they have the responsibilities. But grace comes, don't it, for God. Makes us all equal, in a sense, under grace. Hallelujah. You may have the preeminence over a lot of things, but grace makes us on a common ground. For us all, all saved by grace. On top of that, he appoints us our positions in church and to work. Bible to, uh, Paul told the Corinthians that God put us in the place that he chooses. And whatever position, we're to fulfill that. And uh, I think God qualifies those that he sends but helps us or we could do it ourselves. Jesus saying uh, in his uh, early ministry, he said, follow me and I will make you. Sometimes we're hard to bend, aren't we? Sometimes we're hard to mold. Sometimes we run like Jonah. But anyway, the Lord knows you'll catch us down the road anyway. We're willing to come. So I'm talking about we have all these Jesus set out. I know he'd already set the 12. Then he goes along, he said 70 more. And they came back rejoicing because they said, I don't know what all the stories they were telling. It's kind of like camp meeting here. You come back here from last year. You come back in here. And all the things that happened since you was here last year, we kind of reminisce of them. A lot of things have happened. So we come back in here and we talk about what happened this past year. These men come together and they're rejoicing and they're talking about what happened on this last tour. That's 70 out there and then 12, 12 also out there. That rounds up 82 uh, groups out there and they're going before Jesus. And they got so excited when they saw what was happening, they came back kind of for a fellowship meeting. We call it a camp meeting. 
and they're reminiscing and shouting and praising God and with joy because even the devils. I mean, uh, they brought it down to the nitty-gritty, and even the devils, the greatest force that's against us, even they, hallelujah, are subject unto our command. What a thrill, and we're in that group this morning. Hear what I'm trying to say. And uh, preacher preached last night, Brother Knapp, about, uh, you know, Timothy. He was just a young fellow. He was so young that Paul wrote him and said, let no man despise thy youth. In other words, don't you get out there and mess up now, or don't you let them lose confidence in you. You're just young, but we're going to put you to harness now, and we need you. And I want to tell you, he got out there to identify, I like our young group, young men and young women. When I have a young man walk up to me or a young woman tell me that God just called him into the ministry, I almost, almost go into spasm. Hallelujah. Hear what I'm trying to say. Uh, it's not always easy. Sometimes with God, it's the hardest road you can take. Hallelujah. No, you don't pick your way. God picks the way you travel. Hallelujah. So now we, we got all these. I know the apostles were young men. According to the history of what I read, they were just young men. I don't know how old the 70 were, but I assumed they were quite young too. Hallelujah. And they went out there, and as far as I'm concerned, they done a super job. And now that here, it's our turn. We're just, I preached for many years that we're just at the closing of the world. God's about to move, make a move that's very drastic, that's going to change the, look, the outlook of your future. The world's going to be taken away from man. Hallelujah. So I, I want to preach to us a little while. As we come back, we're reminiscing. You know, I pray that our young people will hold on to what we got. Then also go out and blaze some new trails. We've got to touch the world. We've got to make some new, we, there are states that we're not even talked about. Hallelujah. There's, there's many points in America, hallelujah, that never heard about what you preach about. Hallelujah. I, I, like, to, I like to run into ruts, but there's a lot of new ground out there we've we, we got to break. Hallelujah. It's not easy. I said it's not easy. Never has been easy. Not supposed to be easy. He said, he said, I'll send you out like, like sheep among wolves. You're looking for an easy route, you're in the wrong position. Hallelujah. Stay with me. Sometimes it takes selling out to go for God. If I could, I want to drop a few hints in here. You know, I, I, I think day before yesterday, I rolled over on 78. So, you know, 78 years, that's not very many compared with Methuselah. But there's no retirement in this. I was walking across somewhere here a while back, and I, I was thinking about, oh, we've got to do this, we've got to do this, we've got to do this. And then a little thought came through my mind and said, hey, you won't live that long. But you've got to have some dreams. You've got to go on and plant the seeds. 
You may, you may plant a fruit tree you never eat an apple off of, but somebody else might. So you go and you plant, hallelujah, and you travel on. So we have a responsibility as we go through. Make sure when we have to pass it on to some, and let somebody else have it, make sure you have something good to give them. Hallelujah. So we're passing through this world one time. So I appreciate young people. Let me, let me reminisce in just a few minutes. You know, when, when, uh, when Karen and I uh, are on a mission field, and uh, we've been there going on 27 years, in, in touched a lot of country, but basically Haiti is our, where, our, where our works have been now going on 27 years. You know, when we sit down to eat, when we go to eat our lunch or whatever, we take a sack. We take a sack. And uh, the sack is for the crumbs from the table, the leftovers, the bones, the fragments. And when I was a kid on the farm, we called it slop. And we put it in the sack. Every meal. We go out to the gate. They're lined up out there starving. We had the sack. We looked the crowd over. And we had the sack over to a hand that's reaching like this. Because crumbs are so precious. And my text is this morning is the crumbs are still falling from the table. You know, that wasn't just a story of one-time event. The table's still set. The bread is on the table. And the crumbs are still falling on the floor. Hallelujah. I tell them that it, the story would have been so much more beautiful and it ended in such a different uh, atmosphere if, if the story said the rich man gathered up the crumbs and put them in a pan or sack and took them out the gate and gave them the Lazarus. He didn't do that. So the table set, the bread's on the table and crumbs are falling on the floor and we're sitting at the table. We're, we're the rich. You didn't know that? Did you hear Paul Harvey the other day? He said, we are living, now I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of things wrong with America. But today I want to look at some of the things that's right. I think a lot of good things that's right about America. A lot of things that are wrong. We are the greatest nation on the face of the earth. You're right to plow back the roots. It's because our forefathers set this up on Bible principles. Hallelujah. Worship God. That's why you've got what you got. It's not so much what you've done. It's what our forefathers planted the seed. They didn't get to live to see all of it, but we're getting the fruits off the tree. We are in the greatest nation that ever existed on the face of the earth. Hallelujah. In fact, patrols are building fences to keep people out. Not keep people in, but to keep them out because we are the dream that the rest of the world dreams about. And grumble more. The man I see starving to death on the streets of Haiti. 
because we don't know what we've got. It was handed to you on a platter, so to speak. Most of us never paid a penny for this. So when it comes flag day, I fly the flag. When it's time to go, to go vote, I go vote. You see, I work for sometimes they don't even have the privilege to vote. Hallelujah. We're ruled by the machine gun. I'm talking about Haiti. We've been invaded by the U.S. Marines twice, Canadian troops, French troops, United Nations twice. We're, we're controlled now by the machine guns of the United Nations. Jordanian troops, which are Muslim, Brazilian troops, which are Catholic, they're really hated now with the machine guns, armored cars, tanks, helicopters. In America, we're still free. I say we're still free. So I fly the flag every chance I get. I go vote every chance I get to go vote. That's a privilege that a lot of folks in the world don't have. Hallelujah. I'm just, I'm just kind of reminiscing here. We don't know what we've got. If we ever lose it, then you'll realize what you had. And we need to actually get more nitty-gritty about this because we have an opportunity to reach the world. We have the crumbs that are in our possession to feed the world, in a sense. I'm talking about natural sense, also spiritually. Stay with me. He sent them out, two by two, sent them on out to prepare the way. And that's what we're doing. We're going out. We're going to prepare the world for the coming of Jesus Christ. And I'll tell you what, if we get it all done, I've got to do better. Jesus said, where you going, if they compel you to go a mile, go two miles. Hallelujah. I complained sometime on the first mile. You ever complained sometime on the first mile? If you're going to carry this cross for Christ, you've got to be ready to go to the second one. Jesus said every day, take up that cross. Hallelujah. Follow me. It's an everyday affair. As long as you're in this world, you'll carry the cross if you're going to heaven. For the old song says, we're going to trade the old cross for a crown. You know where we work? I buy them in. Now, you can't feature that, can you? Men mark for death. I buy them. Hallelujah. Set them free. Paid $100 for one man. Two, six, four secret police divided $100. They wouldn't turn him loose until they beat him back until it looked like hammer. Tied him up to posts, beat him with sticks. To his days before he could even wear a shirt without doing like this because his blood and water was running out of his back for $100 and he had done nothing. I say, thank God for America, huh? I know what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. I bought a, I bought a young man for 200 and some dollars. Can you imagine a world you could buy a man and set him free? 200 and some dollars. First, he was way in the middle of the night, knock on my door. He was with him. He was going to kill him. Boy, I knowed for several years. First, I said, I won't do it. 
But the young man fainted and slid down the wall. And when he came to, I said, son, I'll buy you. Because God said, I paid the price for you. Pray with me. I want to preach to you today. So I bought him and set him free. When I was in bondage and couldn't, uh, couldn't stay out of meanness and mischief, Jesus had already paid the price. And when I looked to Calvary, my sins, thank God, were wiped out. And I've been among you now, in and out, well, across the country here yonder for 60-some years. And I tell you, I'm having, hallelujah, Brother Jim, I'm having the time of my life running with folks like you. Hallelujah. So I'm saying there's work to be done. The crumbs are falling from the table. May God help me to take time to gather up the crumbs that the rest of the world desires to have and set them out. Hallelujah. You know, we learned some things the hard way. I was, I was on an island, an island called the island Loganoff, uh, that's in the ladies in a horseshoe, and out in that horseshoe, there's a huge island out there that we've, we've had a lot of works on for years. And you know, when we first started here, why, uh, we didn't know all the ropes, but we took a lunch. We had took a lunch out over on the island, and because uh, this is, I mean, this is hot, this is dry, this is, uh, uh, this is torture. We took a lunch. In Haiti, you cannot go anywhere without a crowd. You think you find an isolated place, you stop, get your lunch out, you got a crowd. They're expecting part of your lunch because they're hungry. I was eating this little lunch, and I felt somebody crawling between my legs. I didn't know it, but I dropped a crumb. Just crawling through my legs and picking up the crumb. I never ate the rest of my dinner. Somebody else got my lunch. Hallelujah. We're the rich now sitting at the table. I know we condemn the rich man in the Bible, chapter 16 of the book of Luke. Hey, but he had looked like no compassion whatsoever. I hope and pray us Americans. I hope us Americans are willing to share the crumbs with the rest of the world. Hallelujah. You know, one day we packed a little lunch. We just, we don't anymore. We just eat early and then eat late. The whole day we have nothing, most of the time. We packed a little lunch and we had some chicken in this little box and we stopped in an isolated area, three or four of us to eat this little piece of chicken, a little chicken, and the crowd gathered and you know, I throwed away a chicken bone and somebody ran and picked it up, ate the chicken bone. I didn't eat any more chicken. Hallelujah. They're starving just for the bone. I took two little boys, Karen and I took the little, two little boys off the, t- off the streets, bought their lunch. Hallelujah. Had some bones left. And when it, I would preach to you, the crumbs are still falling from the table. And part of them is your crumbs. We fed these two little boys a good dinner. Then they asked permission to take the bones with them. I said, son, what you going to do with the bones? We're going to take them home and feed our family. Hallelujah. Just the bones from the table. Some of you know here what I'm talking about. 
John Roberts back there shaking his head. He's been, been getting indoctrinated a few things just south of the border. Hallelujah. I'm just trying to say we don't know what we got because you've always had it. You young people have. Some of us older ones come up, you know, the other way. Hallelujah. I'll preach to you if I can. Hallelujah. Now, uh, we have a responsibility since we are the envy of the world or trying to get here because they want to come here, they hear about us. Now, this is the good parts of America. I don't see any guns sticking through here. Sometimes when I go see some of my churches or whatever, I see soldiers setting out with guns to protect the, uh, protect the pastor from being shot. I don't see any setting out here. Hallelujah. Amen. We have such freedom to come and go. Hallelujah. That's why I'm trying. Amen. There is no retirement in this. The rest of my life, I'm not, please don't think I'm even, I have nothing to boast or brag about. Some things I will not tell you. I'll tell you this much. What little I've got left, I like to put it in a sack, pass it over the gate. Hallelujah. Praise God. I told him here a while back, I said, when I die, I hope I'm running. And I hope when I die, I fall forward instead of backwards. Hallelujah. There's only one way out of this, boys, and that's straight on. Straight on. Hallelujah. Reminiscing. This, this week, this week I set the money to put the roof on a, on a 40 by 90 church building. It'll seat somewhere around 1,000. I think his last week we sent money, maybe a week before last, we sent money, amen, to uh, enlarge. Easter Sunday we had about 500 in a church that only seats about 350. It was packed at 150 or so outside. It's under construction now to seat perhaps 1,000. While I can, let me throw the crumbs out there. Hallelujah. Money's co co coming in from the state of Virginia to put a school on the side of a church we built about three years ago that seats uh, easily 600 people, and usually it's packed, putting another building on the side of that. It's a school because in most cases there is no schools, no chance to even progress in learning. Well, I can, let me throw up some crumbs. These are just crumbs to us. You hear what I, these are our leftovers. These are our leftovers, hallelujah that we can get by without, so to speak. So I'm preaching to you this morning. We are the crew that's on the field. And there's some beggars outside the gate begging for what you have to throw away. If it was not for garage sales in America, I have no idea. Everywhere you go now, they're building storage buildings, all kind of business, storage buildings, storage buildings. Man, when I grew up, you didn't need a storage building. You just hung a broomstick across one corner of the house. And that's where you hung your other shirt, huh? And your other pair of pants. Hallelujah. Now your closet's full and almost running out on the floor. And you got to take, some of it's too good to throw away. So you, you buy a thousand, two thousand storage building and you put it out there. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm just trying to tell you, the world's bagging for what you've got to throw away. Hallelujah. So I want to tell you, amen, the crumbs are still falling from the table. I appreciate the fact where God is running his church. 
Hear what I'm trying to say? If, let me put it like this. We've learned a lot of things the hard way. If we could have helped it from the Azusa Revival in Los Angeles, 1906, if we could have helped that and not let division get among us, it wasn't but a year or two till we were separated over sanctification. And a year or two, the baptism in Jesus' name. And so all these cropped up until we, we come into a splintered group. I'm, I'm not telling us to compromise. I'm just trying to tell you, let's hang together the best we can. Hallelujah. There's so much to get done in this world. I tell you, the world's bagging. I said the world is banking. Hallelujah. And I could, I could go on and on. But we are serving a God that's able to do anything. And before I sat down this morning, I'd like to say last June, just almost a year from now, from today, another week or two on up in June, I had an accident. Hallelujah. I had an accident, and, and I had four crushed ribs and a broke left foot. Hallelujah. And my ribs were so crushed that the bones were sticking the skin out. Amen. Just, I mean, it, I was bloodshot from the shoulder to the hips. And my foot was broke. Hallelujah. I laid in bed. I happened to be at home at this time. I laid in bed for nine days. I couldn't turn over. I couldn't blow my nose. Hallelujah. I, my wife waited on me, hand and foot. Hallelujah. And that's no place for a young fellow like me to be. Hallelujah. Uh, sir, I was laying there. And on the, I think it's about the ninth day, the Spirit of God came in that room. I'm just trying to tell you, hey, we ain't in this by ourselves. There's a God up in heaven, hallelujah, that's running things. I laid in bed about the ninth day, and I got to praying. I was like, I, I was like uh, Samson. He prayed his last prayer. Oh, Lord God, remember me. Here I am laying in bed. You know, God's good for a lot of things. You know that? I said, God's good for a lot of things. If you don't, if you don't know it, well, try him. Hallelujah. He's got a cure for anything. Laying there, and I uh, had a message come floating by. Man, I got... You know what, pre preacher, you know what that is. A message comes kind of floating through the air, and you grab that. We don't get very many new ones, so we grabbed that one, and we looked at that, and I was so excited, I forgot I had a bunch of broke ribs and a broke foot. And I said, Lord, where do you want me to preach that at? He sat up at Norman for Brother Taylor. Man, I was feeling so good by that time. It's good sometimes we get our mind off our ailments, you know that? Look at the good things to the bad things, huh? I got my mind plumb off of my ailment. Hallelujah. I said, where are you want me to preach this at? He said, Brother Taylor up at Norman. That's about 70-some miles from where I live. And I'm flat on my back, can't get out of bed by myself. I said, when? He said, tonight. <laughs> I like that one. I, I, tonight, he said. I could tell you several stories like this one. Anyway, tonight, there I laid with four crushed ribs, couldn't raise my voice, couldn't turn over, couldn't blow my nose. Hallelujah. I was supposed to, when I even put any weight at all, I had to have a special shoe, and actually it was not supposed to be any weight at all. I called my wife, thank God for a preacher's wife. I said, thank God for a preacher's wife. 
I said, honey, would you come in here? She come in there and I, I dropped the bombshell. I said, would you drive me to Normal, Oklahoma tonight? She never even batted an eye. She, yeah, she said, I'll do that. Hallelujah. And I got a mental institution up there. Hallelujah. So, amen. Come time to get ready for church. I was able to scoot off the end of the bed because there's no footboard down there. I scooted off a little bit, a little at a time. And when my left foot hit the floor, touched the floor, it immediately was healed. Hallelujah. And when I stood up, it was like the valley of dry bones in my side. It just got to shuffle it around. And everything went back in place, and by the time I touched it, it was well, just like that. Hallelujah. 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 I'm preaching this morning that we're in a church that was founded by Jesus Christ on the rock at the gates of hell. Hallelujah. Never will overcome this position. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. And why would, it, why would the great God of the heavens get an old crippled gray-headed man out of bed from the fields full of young men? I don't know, but God does sometimes. Thank God, Brother Richard, there's still a place for us. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah, hang in there, Carl. You'll get old one of these days. Hallelujah. You know, Karen tripped me to Norman about, you know, hour and a half run. And I walked it up there, Brother Taylor said, I just felt like I'll t tell this before. Brother Taylor seen me coming in and said, man, you're supposed to be home with a bunch of broke bones. I said, I was, but God came by and healed me and told me to come up here and preach for you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, thank God he believed the story, so he let me preach. Hallelujah. Preached the weekend, Saturday night, Sunday, Sunday night. On, Sunday, on Saturday night, the message God gave me, Hallelujah, a young mother came to me crying and said, that was for me. I just lost a child. I couldn't accept it. But that message for me, and now I can accept the fact that the child is with God. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, God runs the church. In our ministry sometimes, we run up against things and we say, hey, this is too big for God. No, you won't say it out loud, but you bypass a lot of things because you won't, I mean, it's even too big to pray about sometimes because the way we look at things. The disciples ran on to an issue like that. You'll pick this one up in all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Very unusual, the same story carried through in four Gospels. But they had a crowd on the side of a mountain. 5,000, maybe even reaching up to 20-some thousand. 5,000 men. All their families, I assume, out here in a very desolate area. Just stay with me. I'm reading between the lines, trying to put two to two together. But one writer said the disciples came to Jesus. One writer said the twelve came to Jesus. What it was, they had had a committee meeting. They done talked it all over. We got a problem here that's too big for us. We got a problem here that's even too big for Jesus. Let's go tell him what to do. You ever try to tell God what to do, huh? Let's go tell him what to do. We got to get out of this mess. We got a problem on our hands. Hallelujah. Let's go tell him. We've had a meeting on this. 
Let's go tell him. They go tell him. He said, they send this crowd away. I'm sure he kind of blinked his eye at them. Huh? Am I hearing what I think I'm hearing? He said, feed them. What I'm saying, man, if I had 200 pennies worth in, what he said was our treasure ain't big enough. There ain't that much money in the church treasure. We can't do it. 200 pennies worth would not touch this. What is would that be in such a crowd like this? Oh, you know, that was Philip, I guess. Andrew, he finally searched around till I kind of think he's kind of snickered about it. I've searched this crowd over and all I can come up with is a little boy here's got his lunch. And what would that do in a crowd like this? Man, that's my faith sometimes, huh? That's my faith, hallelujah. Hey, but what? Well, what are we going to do? The only thing out of this is tell them to go home. Hallelujah. He come back and said, boys, feed them. It can't be done. He said, give me that lunch. That's where I have to give over. My will has to die. My faith has to increase until I will give it to him. And when he got that little boy's lunch, the same man that said it couldn't be done took it and passed it out and fed all that crowd and come up with 12 baskets full of crumbs, huh? Hallelujah. I said, come up with 12 baskets full of crumbs. I'm telling you, boys, we got more than 12 baskets full of crumbs. We got crumbs that the rest of the generation of the world look like would love to have. We take the slop out at the gate and have never been turned down. Hallelujah. And you know where I work, you don't have to be much of a preacher, you're finding that out. You just preach about Jesus Christ, the amazing grace of God, and how it can turn your life around. Did you know most all of our churches are built basically out of from 100% voodoo and witchcraft? And we run hundreds and sometimes even into the thousands coming out of witchcraft. We have a church, we, I'm just telling you, without, without, without efforts like from America, missionaries, and it's, this is just one little part of the world. There's places in Haiti we preach that say, we've never heard that before. Would you tell us that again? We ride mules and horses and whatever and because most of Haiti has no road at all. Haiti is an Indian word. It means mountains, 90% way up mountains, up around 8,000 feet. Almost impossible for Haiti as poor as, as, as Haiti, a country as poor as Haiti can even build a road. So there's little foot trails all through the jungles, up one mountain, down the side of another. We ride mules. My wife rides mules, horses, foot, whatever. I mean, thank God I married a young woman, huh? She's my chauffeur now at night. I'd be the same shape of Brother Mike if I didn't have a young woman. Hallelujah. She, hallelujah. She's about 24 years younger than me. We've been together almost 23 years. Amen. God looked to the future, you know. Hallelujah. Yeah, I got lagged. I, I even got my own personal barber. Hey, my own personal secretary. Hallelujah. Whatever country I'm in, them old scissors come out and say, you need a haircut, huh? 
Thank God. All right. I've never heard a complaint out of her yet. She's been in front of the gun, the machete, all day long, no restroom, all day long, no food, and no, no, all day long sometime without even a drop of water. God knows how to pick them, don't he? I'm preaching tonight. Hey, where are the crew out here now? And we got baskets of leftovers. I said, we have baskets of leftovers. I even asked my neighbor here. My neighbor's got two dogs tied in the backyard. I asked my neighbor about a year ago. I said, when I'm home, can I feed your dog my crumbs, my leftovers? You know, after being in Haiti, I don't throw anything out without making sure something can eat it. So now, Karen makes it every crumb that falls from our table goes to my neighbor's dogs. Hallelujah. If I was in Haiti, I'd put it in the sack and pass it over the gate. A lot of times, you know, we've been in Haiti going on 27 years, so we've had a lot of street kids. A lot of street little kids growing up on the streets. Amen. And a lot of horrible things going on. I've helped some. I bought them shoe shine kits, trying to where they can make a living. Amen. So on and so forth. I, I missed somebody at the gate, and I said, where's so-and-so? They died. I said, they died. I said, what, what was wrong? I'm talking about young folks. What happened to them? Are they starved to death? There wasn't nobody here to hand out the crumb. I'm preaching. God's been merciful to us. And I truly want to be able to pass the crumbs over the gate. All right, let's get back to jungles again. Right, all right. I have two vehicles, vehicles in Haiti. We drive as far as we can. We hit, hit the mountains. Hallelujah. There the church is waiting with horses and mules for us to ride on in for miles and miles. First time into this area, an old Haitian preacher. Been, he's been hiding for his life now for about three months. Lucia Laducia, the first director I had in the country of Haiti. Been hiding now for three or four months to save his life. Hallelujah. He said, Brother Ray, and we started the first orphanage under him almost 27 years ago. And he said, Brother Ray, I have found a few Christians way back in the mountains uh, in voodoo country, and it's everywhere. A few Christians way back in the mountains. We finally made it in there with him the first time. They had three or four bed sheets tied up between trays. And I could hear the drums. And the only thing they have is an old goat skin over a piece of a steel drum. I could hear the drums beating and I hear the sagging and shouting. They were happy. The voodoo people were looking in from the brush. Now we have a church in there that seats around 500. And the school runs over 300. Every bit of it has been dug out of voodoo, witchcraft. Hallelujah. I can tell you a lot of stories on it. I'm just trying to say this. I stand when I see hundreds of little kids that's been raised in voodoo huts come out in school uniforms. Hallelujah. Even all around him is voodoo stuff hanging in trees, in the, in the, in, in the trails, and witchcraft all over. But they've turned their life around. And now they come in and they, they start, uh, say, three or four hundred saying at one time about Jesus Christ. I stand back and tears come in my eyes and I marvel that what I'm saying is actually taking place. Hallelujah. I'm just saying, and that was all accomplished just with a crumb. Just a crumb. Hallelujah. Just a little here, 
and a little air. Hallelujah. Not no big bunnies, just a little time. That's all it took. Just a little, uh, little bit of my time. Hallelujah. You know, you know, every day you live, you're paying a day. I mean, you're, it's costing you a day every day you live. Right? I mean, you're, it's going to cost you a day of your life every day. So why don't you make the best of it? Hallelujah. Huh? I just, I, I'm, not, I'm not boasting or bragging one bit. There's a lot of things I'm not going to tell. But let me tell you this. I saw them sawing logs. In Haiti, we saw logs with the cross-cut saw. It's all over them. They put a log up on a scaffold. Amen. Now, this is the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere, only an hour and 45 minutes out of Miami, Florida, but yet. But they're starving to death. It's because they are founded on voodoo and witchcraft. The whole government, the whole, whole government, and even, even the, the national flag is a voodoo flag. Witchcraft has brought them down to hell. It is a living hell. Hallelujah. But let me tell you this, just the crumbs has changed the lives of thousands and thousands and thousands, just the crumbs. Hallelujah. Dreaming, dreaming of a land that they'll never get hungry or thirsty anymore because God Almighty's got a church and that church is leaving here one of these days. Hallelujah. That's right. I said the church is leaving. Have you ever read that yet? It's in there. We're going to leave here one of these days. Hallelujah. I'm trying to say, while I'm here, oh God, let me spend everything. I, Paul said, I'm willing to spend and be spent. In one place, he was so enthused, he said, I refuse to preach where another man's preached. Just let me get on the other side of the mountain where nobody's ever been. Oh, what a preacher. Just let me get on that other side of the hill over